always say that and I always mean that. And as you grow older, it's more precious to you. My father died extremely young, 40, 47. And uh, I never thought I'd live to be of any age. And uh, the Lord gives me about 15 more days, I'll be 82. And I'm thankful that I'm still able to preach and uh, hopefully glorify his name. Those years have been precious to me. Mm-hmm. But they're about to come to a close. I'm struggling more and more with study. And we'll just see how much longer the Lord will continue to allow that. So this morning we're going to finish up our... We've been doing a study of the appointed offices of God whereby there was an anointing for that office as a seal of his approval. And today we'll look at captain. We looked at prophet, priest, king, and now captain. That is captain of the host of Israel's army. Unger's Bible Dictionary, the new Unger's Bible Dictionary, says that the word captain means a head person. Somebody who's in charge. It could be of any rank or class, but they're in charge. That had a rule, such as captain, general, governor, a keeper, lord, master, prince, ruler, or steward. All those uh, titles come under the, the, this word captain in Scripture. And it's it's from a primary word meaning to have dominion. Captain of naturally leads all these titles, general, governor, uh, were people who uh, had dominion over a certain group of people, or they exercised dominion. Uh, for example, in First Samuel. You're all familiar with this passage of scripture. First Samuel 22. This is when David is fleeing uh, from Saul. He's in the cave of Abdullah. First Samuel chapter 22. Read a couple of verses there. Uh, And David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down hither to him. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, sounds like us, doesn't it? He's a captain, don't we? gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. 
It's amazing when you think about that. David was being hunted down. Saul had been chosen by the people to be king. David was anointed king later on, wasn't he? It's a military title for the most part. Jesus embodies all of these titles as well as all the qualities that go with them. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10 very familiar passage of scripture Go back to verse 5 of Hebrews 2. For in the angels hath he put in subjection, hath he not put in subjection, the world to come whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man without mindful of him? The son of man that thou visitest him. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, and crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For that he put it all in subjection under him, he hath left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons under glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9 says, In being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation and all them that obey him. So Jesus embraces all these titles as well as all the qualities that go with them. Before we begin that tremendous study of these different titles, Captain General, Governor, and so forth, let's think a moment about our feelings about this truth, about this matter of captain over us. A lot of times we, speaking from my own self, maybe in our own uh, isolated thoughts, maybe now outwardly we would make such a, a rash and a bad statement. Do we really desire such a th- I want to be captain over our lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Far too often We choose our own way, don't we, before we ask the Lord about something. Then maybe if it doesn't work out quite right, we think, well, you know, I 
maybe I should have consulted the Lord. We've all been down that road. But just to make just to make ourselves look good and for appearance's sake only so that it looks to others that we're seeking to follow God we seem to uh, let everybody think that we're following the Lord and he's our captain when maybe he's not really such a one. Let me give you a few verses here over in Numbers. Chapter 14. Mm-hmm. Verse 1. Here is another instance where Israel is rebelling against God and his word for them. Verse 1 says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. This is not too far after they left Egypt. They've been, been liberated from that wicked king and that tyrant and that uh, suppression that they were under. And they, they go along a little bit, and now they begin to murmur against God. And they said, would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Would God we had died in this wilderness. Wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? Think about that statement. They cried to the Lord about their, their condition in Egypt, and now he's got them out. And they come upon a little difficult time and, and they're wanting to go back to Egypt. Sounds like us, don't it? They said, that, wonder, well, let's make us a captain. Let us return unto Egypt. Think about that statement. Let us make us a captain. What's the captain supposed to do? Lead you where you're supposed to go. Leads you in the right place. But let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. In other words, we want a captain who's going to be the, uh, uh, do things like our own mind wants to do things. Mm-hmm. That verse, those verses there take place on the report of the spies who had searched out the land. And they, they saw a lot of good things there. I want to note a couple of things here that are important, I think, to see that will give us light on these verses. First, when the Lord instructed Moses to send men to search out the land, he said, the land which I give unto the children of Israel, back there in Numbers 13, 1 and 2. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, send the men that they may search the land which I give unto the children of Israel. I give them. Mm-hmm. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man and every one a ruler among them. 
They already had the promise of God for the land. The report was good, wasn't it? But the majority of the people were fearful of the Amalekites who dwelt there. They said the people be strong. And the cities are walled there in verse 28 of Numbers 13. But there was one voice that led the, uh, uh, let the words of God guide him. In Numbers 13 and verse 30, Caleb said, Let us go up at once, for we are well able to possess it, for we are well able to possess it. Caleb may not have had the title captain at this particular time, but he was exercising all the qualities of such a person, wasn't he? He said, I'm going to believe God. I don't care what, uh, how things look or how strong the enemy may be, but I'm going to trust the Lord. There are things that we are, have faced or may face or will face that we come to that same quandary of mind. Are we going to believe the Lord or are we going to just look at the circumstances? Yeah. I remember when my daughter was nine months old and they, she had the problem with her eye and we took her to the hospital in Columbus. And uh, she had retinoblastoma. And that retinoblastoma had got out of, uh, they said, through an artery in the eye and into the brain. Doctor said, take her home, she's going to die. So we went home and time passed and nothing seemed to happen. And several weeks or maybe a month later, we went back to Columbus Hospital with her and the doctor took her in and they did another test and he came out and he's... he's his face was just almost white as this paper here. And he said, I don't know, but it's not there anymore. Oh, <clears throat> you met her. She writes songs. She's in her 50s now. Let's trust the Lord. Let's don't let the things in this life that we might face uh, get us down and, and discourage us. Okay. Let God be the captain no matter what we may face. Caleb said, let us go up To possess it, for we were well able to possess it. And by saying that, he meant we were well able with God's strength and with God's might and with God's power. Now, another thing to remember, when Moses gave that report to the people, they murmured against Moses and Aaron. And then they said, give us a captain and let us return unto Egypt. 
That's what I wanted to call that attention to. Let, give us a, let, let's make a captain and let's return into Egypt. When they said, give us a captain and let's return to Egypt, I want to translate that into a faithless mind, how they think. They were, were in effect saying, give us a captain who thinks like I do. Or things like we do. Who we can uh, uh, bend to our own will. You know, any miserable life of servitude has got to be better than God's way when it causes all this difficulty. Well, it's not. It's not. You know, the law of my will and conscience is free and it's not bound by anything we think. I don't want God's input cluttering up my mind. I'll go my own way. You know, can't do this, can't do that. That's all seems to be negative with God. We think. After all, I'm not on my own. I am not I, my, my own keeper. That's what one said in the scripture one time. Well, you're not. We're not mm-hmm. our own keeper. And can I run, not run my own life? And we believe that sometimes, don't we? I'll do it my way. Lord, you forgive me. But when you come to the end of that trial and that doing things your own way, if God is in your heart and mind in any way at all, you'll be reminded by the one who rules over all things You've overlooked the weight of your matter of life and the things of God's will and the matter of your soul. That's the important thing. Back in Numbers 14 and 4, when they said, to one of us make a captain, let us return into Egypt, they saw the poor captain, didn't they? You know, sons of God, that's you and I, we're promised a place of glory. And we're promised that we're going to be brought there. Because we have a perfect captain. Mm-hmm. Who through his sufferings mm-hmm. obtained our salvation. And that's that verse, and I'll read it again. In Hebrews 2. In verse 10. Go back to verse 5. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, where we speak but once in a certain place, and testified the same. What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? 
I read this a moment ago and I read it again. But I made him a little lower than the angels. I crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of my hands. I was put all things in subjection under his feet, for now he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. Now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor by, by the grace of God, he should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. As we look at the, all the meanings of captain, we learn this truth, don't we? So let's look at some of these words that the word captain means. It means that he is to be the head person. We talked about this just a moment ago. Or one that rules and has rule. You see, no man ascends to power by his own will and his own way. A lot of kings in this world have taken their place as kings as if they did so by their own power. But scripture tells us that God setteth men on high. The Lord lifteth up the beggar in 1 Samuel 2, 6 through 9. Let me read a couple of verses there. Samuel 2, verse 6 through 9. The Lord killeth and make alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. Who's in charge? The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. We think we are going to do that, though, don't we, by our own strength? Mm -hmm. Satan may be the prince or ruler of this world, but one day he will be judged. And the Lord will set his son upon his holy hill of Zion to reign forever. John 16. And verse 7. Jesus speaking here says, uh, first of 17, the disciples said, some of the disciples uh, said among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, and because I go to my Father. I'm sorry, back to, back to verse 16 and verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient that for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me, and of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Mm -hmm. 
Now in John or Luke chapter 10 and verse 18. Says there, and he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. You see, Satan may be the prince and the ruler of this world, but one day he's going to be judged by the Lord. Mm-hmm. He says there, you, you'll see that Satan fall from heaven. In John 12, 31, just to show you that's Says now is the judgment of this world, and now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And over in Psalm two, I'll read that entire psalm. Why do peace and rage and people imagine a vain thing? Kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, "The kings rule as they think they uh, do independently." Saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sword his pleasure. You see, God is the king and he sits in heaven. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion, which is Christ. I will declare the decree, the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen. Thy inheritance in the innermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Satan may be the prince now, but he will one day stand before God and he'll be judged. And God sits up on his holy hill of Zion. We're speaking of captain as the head person. In 1 Corinthians eleven three, it tells me that the head of every man is Christ. Mm-hmm. And in Ephesians chapter 1, we're seeing how Christ fulfills all these offices. Ephesians 1.15 Wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and that love unto all the saints cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory they give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power 
and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in the world which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Christ is the head of every brethren and he Christ is the head of the church. Colossians 2. We're talking about a captain being the head person. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. To beware that some man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, that is, all rule and authority. Over in First Chronicles. and verse 25 here's where David's royal officers are being mentioned here verse Chronicles 27 verse 25 and the, over the king's treasures uh, uh, was Asmaveth the son of Adael over the storehouses and it gives that and verse 27 over the vineyards Another one is mentioned, and over all other trees in verse 28 uh, was the Baal-Hahan, the Gedarite. And over the herds in verse 29, the fed in Eshon was Shetrei and Sharon, the Sharonite. Over the herds that were in the valleys of Shaphat, the son of Adam. And over the camels, verse 30, was uh, Obil, the Ishmaelite. And over the asses were Jedaliah. Jedediah, uh, the Maronite, and over the flocks was, was Jezeus and Hagarite. All these were the rulers of substance, which was King David. Now verse 32, and Jonathan, David's uncle, was a counselor, wise man, a scribe, and Jehiel, the son of uh, Hakmanai, was the king's son, and Ahithophel was the king's counselor, and Hushai, the archite, was the king's companion. And after Ahithophel was Jehoiada, the son of Benaiah, and Abiathar, and the general of the king's army was Joab. So, all these royal officers of David's were listed here. And we find in verse 34 that Joab was the general of the king's army. That word for general is the same word for captain. We have been looking at this morning in our text. Jesus will one day lead his army and defeat Satan at the Battle of Armageddon. You can read that in chapter 16 of Revelation. So all of these titles of these anointings and we come down to captain as the last one and under that word captain were all these titles. A head person. A general. A governor. What is Isaiah chapter 9? This is so familiar. I had a mind I could quote it, but Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government 
shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor of the Mighty God. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. To order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So he's going to be governor. It's all included in his title, Captain. He's the keeper. I love this psalm, Psalm 121. says, I will lift up mine eyes from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved, and he, he uh, that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. It's another word that's incorporated in his name, Captain. And then Lord. And we'll close with this, I believe. In Revelation 19.16. Revelation 19 and 11. As I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he had set upon it was called Faithful and True and in Righteous, and his judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written, no man knew, but he himself, he was clothed, dripped in blood, the name is called the Word of God. And the armies which came followed him upon the horses clothed in fine land, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, perhaps the wine press of the fierce of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture on the thigh a name written, King of Kings mm -hmm. and Lord of Lords. And he's master. That's another word, and we'll close with this, including that word captain. Malachi 1 6 says, A servant honoreth his master. And in that verse there in Malachi, the Lord is rebuking his uh, people for not giving him proper honor and refers to himself as master. The Pharisees were habitually calling Jesus master, but he was far from being their master. Judas called Jesus master just before he betrayed him, didn't he? Read this verse and we'll close and I ran over my time and Brother Hilly will give me a whipping when I get out of here. But John 13 verse 11 it says, For Jesus knew who should betray him therefore he said you are not all clean. So after he had washed his feet and taken his garments and sat down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? 
You call me master and Lord and you say, well, for so am I. For so I am. If I then your Lord and master have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. For I say unto you, service not greater than his Lord, either he that is not he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that is bred with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you all before it come to pass, that when it come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily I say unto you that he that receiveth whosoever I should send receiveth me. He that receiveth me resendeth him that sent me. Truly Christ is the master of his kingdom. I asked you this morning if you're not saved to bow to him as your master. Mm-hmm. Or one day you'll answer to him in the judgment to come. Brother Hilly. You want to close in prayer, brother? Yes, sir. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray you'd use it, Lord, for your glory. We pray that you'd compensate for my shortcomings and pray that these people have been able to gather something from this truth this morning concerning this title of captain and all that's involved in it, Lord. And help us, Lord, to bow to Jesus as the captain of our soul and to Serve him as our Savior. Go with us through the service as we continue. Bless your word and save souls, we pray, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, brother.